राजकुमार है इट्स ट्यूजडे मे इलेवेंथ वेलकम टू द लिविंग द ड्रीम शो विथ केवन बाइट दिस इज द पॉडकास्ट वे वी पार्टनर इन गॉड स्ट्रीम ऑफ एवरी नेशन ट्राइब एंड टंग वर्शिपिंग जीजस इन हेवन एंड इट बींग ऑन अर्थ टूडे एज इट ऑलरेडी इज इन हेवन ऑन फ्राइडे जून फोर केवन विल बी शेयरिंग अ पावरफुल मैसेज फ्रॉम गॉड्स वर्ड एन टाइटल्ड गॉड्स वे ऑफ अदर्स फर्स्ट I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, June 4. Details at kevinwhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Thank you Raj Kumar. Welcome everyone to Living the Dream. If you're watching on YouTube, I am waving at you right now. I'm Kevin White. I'm so thankful to have you in the audience today. Thanks for being a part of the show. Living the Dream is back full time. Every single Tuesday, we are dropping new episodes, and I'm so excited that you can join us. We are looking forward to many special guests in the weeks ahead. and topics and discussions championing the dream that we read about in Revelation 7:9 through 12 and allowing it to be on earth as it is in heaven that is the goal of the living the dream we are saying not today satan to racism discrimination hatred and we are championing the love of god in john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son love and generosity that's what we are championing and so we want to say to every stranger every foreigner you belong here You are welcome here and we want to greet them for the gospel that the nations could know Christ. So years ago, I was privileged to be a part of Summit Church and under the ministry of Pastor JD Greer. When I was called away from Hope Community Church, I was driving home one day. Summit was going in to Cary High School, one of their brand new campuses. I went in just to visit with some friends there and Pastor JD had just written the book Gospel. And I grabbed that book. I ate it up. I read it. It resonated with my spirit. and i was able to then jump in and volunteer there for 3 years at the carry high school campus of the summit church and i love pastor jd i love summit church i'm a very kingdom minded leader my wife and i uh really value the local church but on today's episode we're going to listen to an interview with pastor jd greer as he interviews rebecca mclaurin and so i want to have you pull your chair in tight for this interview as Rebecca shares a statement i want you to catch it on today's interview she says immigrations is a much needed blood transfusion listen to this episode it's one of four so you're want to come back each and every week for the next four weeks pastor jd take it away Well, for those of you who don't know the series in, in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, so and by the way, can I just say it sounds so much better when you say Harry Potter with that deep Southern Alabama accent right. that you have. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm actually reading the books to my ten-year-old uh, and eight-year-old right now, and we're just in between 
the setup for this story and the, the reversal. So it's kind of an exciting moment for me. So in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, you have Dumbledore, who's always been the, the hero of the series. He's kind of like the Gandalf of the Harry Potter series. He's the only man whose power for good can really match Lord Voldemort's evil. And yet in book six, he's standing at the top of the astronomy tower. He's weakened already. He's surrounded by his enemies. And he appeals to Harry's teacher nemesis, Severus Snape, for help. He says, Severus, please. And Snape kills him. And it's a completely devastating moment because we've never really liked Professor Snape, but we've hoped beyond hope that he was actually on Dumbledore's side and now his betrayal of his mentor is complete. It's only then in, in the last book of the series that we see how wrong we were when Harry dives into the, the pensieve, the, the magical bowl where you can see into other people's memories. And there we discover that everything that Snape has done has been driven by his passionate, hopeless, unrequited love for Harry's mother. Mm. We, we see Snape's anguish when Lily Potter is murdered by Voldemort. We see how he eventually commits himself to Dumbledore. We hear Dumbledore telling Snape that he is dying from the slow workings of an irreversible curse and actually makes Snape promise to kill him when the moment comes. And suddenly the meaning of Severus, please, mm. is reversed. And right now in our cultural moment, when, when our non-Christian friends glance over at the Christian faith, they see a lot of things that look like Snape killing Dumbledore. Mm. They see a, a white-centered religion with a history of racism and scriptures that condone slavery. They see an anti-intellectual mindset and a contradictory Bible that's been disproved by science again and again. They see homophobia and the denigration of women and a refusal to acknowledge that love is love. But I think just as, as when we understand more of Snape's story, we find that it's not a story of hate, but a story of love. I think when we look more closely at each of these seemingly kind of devastating roadblocks to faith in Jesus, they actually become a signpost to Christ. Hmm. And I should probably add, those are statements that you think are misperceptions about yeah. what, right? Yeah, I think they're misperceptions, but they're ones that our non-Christian friends have, you know, some valid reasons for concluding that about Christians. Yeah. But I think when, when they actually, if we can help them to look more closely they'll find that things which they thought were reasons to not be followers of Jesus actually become reasons to be followers of Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, so oh, let's, let, let, let's, let's spend a little time there. Mm. How has like defending the faith in our generation, how has that changed? Because I felt like when I was, you know, in high school and college, um, just three or four years ago, it was all about, um, you know, like proving the resurrection or mm. proving that the Bible's contradictions weren't really contradictions. How has it changed in our culture now? Mm. I think today, whereas a, a decade or a couple of decades ago, Christians would often not find themselves in conversations feeling like they were being judged as sort of dumb for believing Christianity or deluded maybe, as, as Richard Dawkins wrote his famous book um, coming out of my country, The God Delusion. I think today, Christians more often feel like they're seen as immoral by their non-Christian friends. Mm. So as you say, rather than the questions being mostly around, you know, is, is Christianity true or did Jesus really rise from the dead? Or can I take the Bible seriously? Hasn't science disproved Christianity? I think those, those reasons are all still there and important, but actually the, the front foot of conversations is often more, well, what about the history of racism? What about how Christians treat LGBT people? Um, what about yeah, Christian views on sexual ethics, which today are seen as not only misguided, but actually harmful and morally dangerous? Mm. So I think that's where the conversations are more often at and where we as Christians need to have a more compelling apologetic. Hey, it's Rajkumar. Kevin will be right back. 
I invite you to visit kevinwhite.us and join thousands of subscribers to Kevin's daily one-minute motivation series called Generously Blessed. Kevin's book, Audacious Generosity, is an international bestseller. Audacious Generosity is available in paperback, handbook, ebook, and audiobook at kevinwhite.us. And worldwide everywhere books are sold. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, non-profits and churches. Kevin loves to help people prosper from God's guidance and provisions. As founder or executive director of Global Hope India, Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Schedule Kevin today at kevinwhite.us. Make sure to visit globalhopeindia.org and join thousands of people who pray, give and go. Global Hope India has over 20 years of missions experience in India. Now everyone can go to India virtually on one of GHI's virtual mission teams. Over 1 billion people in India have never held a Bible. Most people in India lack access to even know about Jesus. Join Global Hope India in changing that. Go to globalhopeindia.org today to pray, give, go. Okay, now back to the show. So one of the things I feel like we hear a lot is that Christianity is a, a white man's religion. And basically, it's attempting to colonize or it's trying to uh, just reinforce cultural norms everywhere. Um, how, how do you respond to that? I think there are two major problems with the statement that Christianity is a white man's religion. Uh, one is that Christianity has actually always been majority female <laughs> from the very first to the present day. The other is that Christianity has always been, from, from the scriptures onwards, a, a multiracial, multi-ethnic, multicultural movement. We see that in, in Jesus' own life. We see that when he commissions his disciples to make disciples of all nations. We meet the, the first black Christian in the book of Acts, the Ethiopian eunuch of Acts chapter 8. We see in, in the book of Revelation that people from every tribe and tongue and nation are worshipping Jesus together. So it's actually a core Christian ethic is, is love across racial and ethnic and cultural difference. And we see that played out in the global church today. People often associate Christianity with white Westerners, but actually today, Christianity is not only the largest, but also the most diverse belief system in the world with a, a essentially even spread of people from Europe, North America, South America, and Africa. And with the church in China growing so fast right now, that while it's currently the global center of atheism, experts think that by 2030, there'll be more Christians in China than in America. And some experts even think that by 2060, China could be a majority Christian country. What's more, by 2060, people expect that about 40% of the world's Christians will be living in sub-Saharan Africa. So at a global level, it's indefensible to say Christianity is a white man's religion. From the scriptures, it's indefensible. And actually, if we look at America as well, we find that, that black people in America are almost 10 percentage points more likely to identify as Christians than their white peers, more likely to go to church every week, to read the Bible, to pray, and to hold core evangelical beliefs. Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program copyright Kevin White International Incorporated. All rights reserved.
Each week, we bring you a message of how the story ends from Revelation 7 is to 9 12, with every nation, tribe, and tongue worshipping Jesus in heaven. Remembering to let it be on earth as it already is in heaven, as the gift of God's presence through Jesus Christ is accessible to everyone.